Hello, welcome to the Student Consult Podcast. This is an advice podcast made for students by students. Today, it's all over Zoom. We're talking about the 2020-2021 school year. I'm Dominic Nysborough. I'm Gemma Cohen. And I'm Carter Dvorak. So today's main topic is we're going to be talking about the 2020-2021 school year. That's a mouthful right there. But we're just going to go over some general ideas and questions on what we may think uh, school's going to be like and if, how's it going to be with managing all these classes or clubs and being from home virtually. So we're just going to go into all that. And um, our first question we got here is, have we started school yet? So my first day of school will be on the 24th and it's going to be starting virtually for two weeks and then getting on September 8th after Labor Day is a tentative date. Hopefully that we are able to start a hybrid model, which half the students are going to be at the school. So it's going to, the remotes can be kind of similar to what it was in the spring, but we're going to, our school is trying to build upon that to make sure that everyone is able to, to learn the stuff that was supposed to be taught and maybe some students may need some help with that stuff or and get some new knowledge in their head as well for the, the school year. I am actually starting on the 19th, which is tomorrow from when we're filming this, but it's either today or another day from when this actually comes out. And we are starting fully virtual and we have no idea if we're ever going to come back in person. So I start on, I think, a Tuesday, September 1st, and we are either, you could either start entirely virtual through like online classes administered by the state, which aren't very good in all honesty, and, or you could start entirely in person in the school with like full masks on and I guess windows open and attempting to do distancing protocols. I genuinely don't know how it's going to shake up when the time actually comes to opening, but that's our plan right now. The next question we got after thinking about what last, um, after what we thought about what might happen for this year, now it's important to think and reflect on how everything happened last year with e-learning or remote learning or however your classes may have happened in during the spring. So for my school, um, I think it was the middle of March, our, um, our school shut down and then we went into e-learning. And it was more so a learning curve as we went. The beginning was kind of tough because we had e-learning where you had every single class in a day. And sometimes the teachers gave us a lot of work and it was hard to get everything done in time and submit it all before three o'clock. So that was a little tough. But I mean, the students like me uh, were able to give some feedback on that. And we were able to change it to have a better schedule work for us. So we changed to having um, changed to remote learning. And we only, it was like a block schedule where we only had some classes. So it was definitely easier. I think many other students probably had the same thing where it was easier as you didn't have to worry about all your classes on one day. Plus there was also added in that you were able to talk to your teachers as well. There was more teacher time as well for like Google Meets or just emailing them, they were available. So that definitely happened. 
And then it came around May, and at that point, the school year, it was kind of just wrapping up. There weren't any finals, so. And then it kind of just, there wasn't really an official end. It kind of just, for me, it felt like it just, the school learning just faded off. And then there was summer, and it felt like it still kind of feels like a very long summer vacation for me. So hopefully we can improve on that, um, but we taught. Uh, what was at the class from last year, and hopefully it'll be better improved for when we come back to school. So our school got out on a Friday the 13th, actually, in March, so that's always a good omen. Um, and for my classes specifically, I never ended up doing any Zoom calls or Google Meets or whatever, but that was probably just based on the classes I had. And we were also in a block schedule, but that was all year. That's our usual schedule, not something that they added. And for the grading system, we could either get A, B, pass, or fail, I believe. But it was really easy, and we didn't really have a schedule at all. You could just basically do things whenever you wanted to. So I got done with my schoolwork a lot of the time, like before noon, and I don't even start at my normal time. And yeah, we didn't have any finals, so it was all pretty easy. One of my teachers told me that I got the highest grade that anyone's ever gotten in the class. And I'm like, that was in geometry. And I told her it would have been so much different if I had gotten the chance to do like 3D stuff and surface area and stuff like that. My grade would have plummeted. So it's all based on circumstance, but I guess I'll take it having a good grade. So that's my experience. Yeah, so I think we probably also shut down on a Friday the 13th, but we shut down on a Friday in March, and it was very strange. Like, we shut down, and then, because it was a big, it was state-mandated that, like, every school had to shut down. Like, Thursday night, they gave out that order. Friday was an incredibly weird day of, like, clearing out your locker, and, like, nobody knew what was happening. And then... Initially, we were going to get, I think, that Monday, Tuesday off, and then our APOS teacher was like, nah, you're going to work today, and I'm like, okay. So um, I had, like, my APOS class that Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday, the rest of my classes started back up, and it was definitely a strange experience. I think everyone was getting adjusted. A big thing that I talked to the teachers about was that they didn't know whether or not we would be going back in two or three weeks. That was what the initial plan was was that we shut down for three weeks, this would go away, and then we'd go back to school. And so that was very much a strange point of like, okay, are we going to, you know, we have to really teach as much as we'd be normally teaching in schools to make sure that they can keep up. So when we get back, we're not having to play catch up, especially for my AP classes, we'd be getting back like one or two weeks before the test would have occurred. And so it was pretty busy those first couple of weeks. And then, of course, quarantine and the shutdown got extended. And the teachers realized, okay, we're going to be in this for a lot longer. And thankfully, we had like spring break, I think two weeks after everything shut down. So over spring break, like our whole teachers, they got like got down to one system for every class. And it was pretty easy from then on. It was like, not very difficult work, per se. It was definitely fun. It was definitely exciting work, but it was a bit more of an individualized projects and things that you could do at home and like don't need constant instruction for. But then like Dominic said, we also had teachers have like office hours. So they'd be like, like for an hour every Monday, like the band teacher, you could talk to him and just join his Zoom call or 
the biology teacher. So it was pretty good to have those open options to communicate with teachers pretty regularly. And we had, we had 30 minute Zoom classes and it usually be like two to three a day. All right. So now this is where you student viewers get some information. Now we're going to be talking about some thoughts on how you can uh, succeed at home in remote learning, especially if you're just, if you're unmotivated or you need some more help. That's where we come in. We're able to help you. So we're going to go around the group and we're going to give some advice on how to do um, your schoolwork successfully at home or if you're at school too. That's good. So my motivation to stay successful at home or at school is time management. I know it kind of sounds cheesy or something some teacher would say, but coming from a student, I think time management definitely helped me staying on top of things. With being at school all the time, you have other teachers or other students in the natural flow of everything. You kind of make sure you're on make sure you're on track with everything. But when you're at home, it's harder to get a feel of when how the time you should be breaking it up into doing certain things and being able to finish in like a given amount of time. It's it's sometimes harder to explain, but it's easier than you probably would know based on how the spring went. And I think the best way to manage your time so you're able to not fall behind or get unmotivated is to make sure you write things down. For me, I have like a little agenda book and I write down all my classes or even if it's just like different things I wanted to do on my list for the day. But I think it's especially helpful that I'm able to have that list just cross all those things off when I get done. So I get a gauge of, okay, I did this, I did that. I'm doing good on track. And I especially th think it doesn't have to be uh, a agenda book, but maybe it's just like a note, uh, loose leaf notebook or just any kind of paper, dry erase. You're able to write down things you want to do and accomplish. So it can kind of, you get like, you're able to see your progress as you go along. So you don't just blindlessly go through the day and not know what you want to do. I agree with Dominic. I love using an agenda. The problem is I haven't bought one yet and I started school tomorrow, but I might go to Walgreens today. So that's really always an important thing to me, but you always got to make sure you get a good one because based on your organization skills, you might want little tabby things on it or just places to write it or the calendar view. So I like to personally have the calendar and the lines. I'm not sure exactly where I can get it, but I'm gonna try. And also, I feel like for me, I'll get the most done if I find myself a place where it can be pretty quiet. So then I can mostly focus on my work and not have distractions around me. So I think that's really an important thing to do when you're not in school and you might lose motivation to do things. Also important for zoom calls and google meets always make sure you have good lighting so then you can look really good in front of your classmates and your teacher that's probably the most important part of school i definitely agree with everything that uh, Gemma and dominic have been saying scheduling is incredibly important like i said my a push teacher basically to keep us on a schedule basically said hey you're still going to have homework it's going to be due this day we're going to have zoom like today, tomorrow, like being on a schedule and being on track, setting an alarm in the morning are still going to be very important things to do even when you're not in school. 
and I think that is very true to an extent. I definitely still set an alarm like each weekday for most of the quarantine. And so that was good. Our school had a lot of like suggested due dates and such, which was incredibly important. And I very much appreciated that so that on days when, you know, the weight of a global pandemic, you can, I definitely have experienced days where you feel a bit more just stressed out and kind of flustered about things. My teachers are very lenient, which is something I very much appreciated. And that depends on everyone's school. I definitely think that scheduling is incredibly important to do, to have your time, to know what you're doing at this time. I think a big thing of scheduling also would be to schedule in breaks. Definitely schedule in time for yourself to take a breather, to go outside. I would do five to 10 minute walks in between two or three class periods. It was really great. I'd put in a book on Audible and I just go out and walk for five minutes. It was really helpful for me. And like, if I was stressed, I could go out on a walk and come back and come back with a new angle on the problem or the task or the homework and just overall feel more energized. So definitely make sure that you do the work, but you can take time to plan for just your own little mental breaks to come back feeling better and more prepared to do the work. So one main question that I did have, uh, many of you students have, is how are clubs and extracurriculars gonna work? And I know many of you guys that watch are involved in plenty of things and very busy with different clubs and activities throughout the school. So for some clubs I'm involved in, like student helpers, there's obviously a side of it that involves a physical, physical activities, like helping students and being able to establish a face-to-face -face connection. And even though there's more clubs that I'm not even a part of that have really been affected, because they can't be doing more lots of these hands-on activities. I know STEM club as well, and I'm a part of, that is being majorly affected because a lot of it's collaboration and hands-on activities, even that for classes, but mostly for the club that's affected as well. And in my opinion, I think there's gonna be a lot of, I think there's gonna be a lot of push for different online activities or virtual. I know that there's some websites or virtual things that different sponsors or um, different companies are doing to help make um, spark imagination and creativity. Like there's this coding things that I see around on the websites that promote coding and different kinds of STEM thinking. And there's other things too that I probably haven't seen yet, but there's going to be, it's going to be definitely different, but I think there's going to be ways that there's going to be finding out how to get, how to be able to get that same activities and thinking together as a team or individually with the team, but most of it's going to have to be adapted to the online way. So I'm in very group heavy extracurriculars, especially theater and show choir, which is going to look interesting this year because that's basically based on being in a group and having an audience. So I actually have auditions coming up for our fall play, which we're writing. So we can basically do it in any way that we need to. And we're going to try to do rehearsals in person, I believe, but it's, but it's going to be interesting. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to work. They're giving us information more and more day by day. 
And then show choir, I've heard that it's going to be virtual this year just for fun. It's not going to be competitions or anything, just learning fun songs so that we can still stay dancing and singing and doing that stuff that we love to do. And then another club that I'm in is Interact Club, which is a volunteering club. And that's also very hard to do digitally, but I guess I'm just going to wait and see what kind of options they have for us online or in the community. That's pretty much all the information I have. I'm hoping that I can do my club somewhat normally this year. So as um, Gemma said, I'm also in the Interact Club. So as Gemma described there, I really, again, don't know what it will be. At the end of last year, we had a couple like meetings around the same time as they normally would in school. But they're more so, I think, just check-ins with the group and to more interact socially than to do much. There really wasn't much to do for our club, which is a bit unfortunate. Our other issue is that all of our leadership for the club were seniors last year. And usually the seniors would leave and we'd host some interact elections, like the couple weeks from the four weeks from when they're gone to when the school year ends. And unfortunately, that just did not get to happen. So I am very curious as to how that club will be once things open again. I am also in like kind of our school's band, marching band, concert band, we're all pretty much one in the same. And so for marching band, we are supposedly right now, it keeps shifting, but we will be marching. We'll be all like every March will be six feet apart and presenting our marching show, having it pre-recorded and then throwing it on social media and online so there would not be an audience but we would still get to perform. And then I've heard for when, when if school is still open in the fall after the marching season is over and we have, we have to return back inside because our whole marching season would be outside. Once we have to return back inside, I believe it might become more of a music theory class because it just would not be really that safe to play instruments in a small room with no windows, which is our band room. And to have 90 people playing instruments which are using air and spreading everyone's particles around so that would not be a great move for a pandemic and I'm also in the quiz bowl team and I actually had a conversation with our kind of the quiz bowl team captain he's also a bit of a gay guidance counselor for the school so I was talking to him about upcoming classes and such and was just talking about the season and he had said that he has heard no word on the upcoming season he really didn't hear any word about we were midway through a season when the pandemic hit and basically that all fizzled out. And so we really hadn't heard any word from how we would proceed, but he said that quiz bowl could be a sport, I guess, sport in air quotes, but it could be an activity that if we really tried to, we could do it virtually, but that's my clubs. So now we're going to throw in some fun little questions with our team. And the first question we got is, what is your favorite YouTube channels or what is your favorite YouTube videos that you like to watch in your free time? So for me, um, I really don't have much to say with channels. I more so just like watching whatever I can find. I'm really into history. I'm a history nerd and fitness as well. So anything I could find with core or strength workout I like to do in my spare time. And if there's any history event that I just haven't heard about and I'm wondering about it, it just, I just click it and I'm like, I learn more about it as well. So plus 
I like a lot of the educational stuff. So it keeps me learning as well during the summers. So that helps me keep my brain nice and healthy and smart. I don't watch a ton of YouTube, at least during the day. But during the night, I actually, it's kind of weird. And I know it doesn't work. But I like listening to like subliminal messaging videos for a variety of things. Like it can help you with like dreaming or it'll make you smarter or just weird things like that, relieve stress. And I know that it doesn't work like 99% sure, but it's still just kind of fun and it's relaxing music. And I just like the idea that maybe it is doing something for me. But yeah, I guess that's probably my favorite there's like minds in unison or bright thing i don't know what they're called i just listen to them so i think as i mentioned last week i very much like watching hank and john green who have vlog brothers and crash course and a lot of other fun channels like that crash course is their educational channel i know they have more people than just hank and john running it at this point but i kind of probably got introduced to them through school and so you know, I started watching Crash Course and I watched like their own channel. And those have been very fun videos to watch that I very much recommend. They're like four minutes of video, which is pretty good, like for quick ones. And then I also very much like, you know, the Star Wars, Disney, Pixar, and like Marvel Theory channels. So I watch a lot of the uh, Super Carlin Brothers would be a good one that I recommend. And then I love cooking channels. Like I like to cook and bake a lot. So I've been watching a lot of Binging with Babish, which is a really fun cooking channel he makes a lot of food from movies and pop culture so it's been really fun to recreate dishes that you've seen on screen i think this is a great transition for one of our next questions i think we should ask and go around and what our favorite food is now i don't mean want get you guys hungry viewers but um i'm hoping we can share what our favorite meal or dish is and try not to get each other too hungry so for my food, I would definitely have to say I'm kind of a, a person that's really into uh, spaghettis and pastas and just throwing in some sauce and meatballs, especially before my races. That's delicious. And I'm also kind of a big taco fan as well. I especially like tacos. Um, anything really you could put on it, meat, um, onions, tomatoes, lettuce, the whole shebang and I mean I'm kind of a person that likes to just combine everything and gets a good taste and all that stuff and my favorite snack I would have to say is um I would have to say that'd be a tie between pretzels and yogurt and it's a kind of a go-to I kind of like both of them just a snack on if I'm just ever lounging around I guess you'd probably like yogurt covered pretzels right <laughs> but um I would say I love pasta too pasta is very good and I'm also a big burrito fan um but it has to be vegetarian now because recently I made the switch to vegetarian so but vegetarian burritos can be very good like one I had had um like green and red peppers in it and it tasted really good and then I also love ice cream I can eat I could just eat ice cream all day long. It's so good. That is my favorite. Actually, I don't mean to interrupt, but I do want to say those um, vegetarian burritos and are pretty good. I actually had, it wasn't a burrito, but it was actually um, a vegetarian burger 
not that long ago, and it was really delicious. So just wanted just wanted to put it out there. Yeah, I am very much honestly. I think my favorite food of all would be sushi, and it's definitely been the food I've been missing the most during quarantine because it's hard to do and pretty hard to recreate. I have not tried to yet. I recently just found a California roll recipe, so I'm hoping to try one out. But um, definitely sushi. I very much enjoy the raw fish of it as well. It took me a long time to acclimate to liking the raw fish, but at this point, I very much I just love sushi. I also definitely big into pastas and tacos and such. They are all quite good. And I mean, ice cream is just great. As always, like Gemma said, do you have a favorite brand of ice cream? Like, is there a favorite type, brand, flavor, et cetera? Any kind, pretty much. But recently I've been eating Yasso. Um, they have this one bar. That's very good. I support Ben and Jerry's because they're pretty cool and go to protest. So oh, like, Ben and Jerry's I'm are sweet. Like the dudes. Yeah. And I like Hudsonville is good. And there's this brand called Whitey's, which is smaller. And I think it might be an Illinois thing, but I don't know. That is also very good. And I wanted to bring something up about sushi. Mm -hmm. So I hate sushi. I do not like sushi. Okay. So we this one sushi place, we got takeout. And I got this little kid's meal called Pokemon, which is... um. It had like an avocado roll and it had something weird. And mm -hmm. then it had, um, it was sushi. It was like supposed to be some kind of tempura thing or something like with mm -hmm. meat. And then it was a chicken tender on top of white rice tied around with seaweed. And like, it was kind of wacky, but like, it wasn't bad. So it's an interesting choice, interesting thought process. I get that. I kind of like that as a like, like a like version of sushi that's not really sushi. Yeah. It's very cool. So with all those questions and all those motivational tips, I think that's all for today's episode. We packed a lot in this episode today. So I want to thank you for listening to another great episode of Student Console. I'm Dominic Nicefarrow. I'm Gemma Cohen. And I'm Carter Dvorak. Now, if you want to find us, our Instagram is Student Console Pod, and our Facebook group is the Student Console Fans. And if you want to contact us with a topic of your own, our email is studentconsolepodcast at gmail.com. And our show and graphics are made by Mika Panahan. Until next week, everyone, class dismissed. Listeners, it's Mika again, producer and editor of the Student Council podcast, back with a new highlight opportunity. In this episode, Dominic, Gemma, and Carter covered acclimating to online learning this year, and it's definitely going to be a strange change. Reaching out to each other is something we all need to do in order to get through this together. And many students want to give back to their community, but they're not sure where to start. And if you're feeling the same way, you should definitely check out a new organization called Teens for Community, growing with 90 plus members. Teens for Community focuses on providing free education enrichment opportunities to kids who need it through hosting workshops, blogs, and an educational social media. If you're interested in joining and helping this organization, contact teensforcommunity at gmail.com. 
You can learn more about Teens for Community through the link in the description of this week's podcast episode. And thank you again for listening to the third episode of Student Council. And thank you also for sticking around to listen to me and my highlight opportunities. Catch me again at the end of the episode next week. Until then, stay safe and have a great day.